0: This is Faith Revisited.
1: Welcome to the podcast.
0: On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future.
1: Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast with Ben and Molly. We've got a new
0: look. Yep. We're here. We've got more episodes coming, a new season, and uh, you are in a new season of life, homie. Yeah. Talk you about one, seasons. Yeah. You are You are one year into being a new parent. Yep. And very exciting week this week. Because yes. you had a transition in-, Correct. in in care. Tell us about that. Yeah.
1: So my son just turned a year old as of mid-February. And as of this week, he's in daycare full-time. So he's been home with us. We had a wonderful nanny part-time. I actually found her at the church. So (laughs) church has a lot of positives if you're trying to get connected with people um, and care for little ones. But it was time to get him full-time in care and for both of us, for him to socialize more and get to be around other people. And I've been desperate to work and I really want to focus on work. And
0: so it was time and yeah, this is our first week. So it's going good. Good. So that kind of brings us to the topic that we we thought we would discuss today. A lot of folks, either church leaders or folks active in churches, um, program leaders and stuff, listen to the podcast. And you and I batted around this idea for a while because I think there's a lot of best practices, a lot of so-called best practices that probably aren't best practices. Mm -hmm. And then we will kind of talk from our personal experiences as you know, you're a much newer parent. I'm a relatively younger parent. My kids are still elementary age, but how can churches best shepherd new parents into this stage of life of parenthood? How can we love on families? Well, help them transition, nurture kids, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. But really, I want to look at that first year because that's yeah. a hard year.
1: It is. And you know what, we've had this conversation before, before I became a parent, there's a huge difference in groups of people. Um, There's, we've talked about this, there's not so much a difference between single and married young adults, you can kind of put those together. But as soon as children are brought in, and I didn't believe it until I was in it, it is such a different world, having a baby. And that doesn't matter if you have help full-time if grandparents are around if the, you have wow. a babysitter available 24 7 that really isn't about it it's just a completely different like mental
0: load yeah as soon as you and have a child even even like, like, i worked with young adult ministry 10 years ago, and that was the shift. We were the first family to have a baby, and all of a sudden, I felt disconnected, whereas I could bring single people and married people. We could mix and match and everything. I, even something as simple as, like, you get a group of friends, and before everyone has kids, you're like, what time do y'all want to have dinner? And everyone's like, uh, 7, 7.38. You have a kid, you're like, uh 5.30. I've got to go to bed because this kid's going to wake me up three exactly. times. Exactly, Yeah. It's, it's just a different time, time schedule. And it's not like, oh, woe is us as parents. We're just different. Yeah. And so time is a great one. Scheduling,
1: absolutely. Like, as I found out in the past year, one example is church is, the church time of Trinity is Trent's nap time. So I have to either decide you know, is my husband going to stay home and watch Trent or do we just not go, you know, or do I not go? And it's been a tough year. I've been in church for a while. I was aiming to go at least the first Sunday of every month. Cause I love communion. I love starting my month off. Great. So I would either, you know, have my husband stay home with the kid or try and bring him. But then he got into his clingy phase where he didn't want to be away from me. So then he couldn't stay in the nursery. It's, It's a whole new way of thinking. So I think the first kind of, we can talk, I don't know, myth or just how to shepherd new parents into the life of the church is you got to give them space because they're trying to figure this out too. It doesn't matter if it's their first kid or their second or third kid. It brings up an entirely new set
0: of, you know, and this is where I think churches that are not your large program-driven, systematic churches can really thrive. So a lot of times churches say, we don't have this huge, robust baby ministry and all that. Guess what? That could be a huge favor for a parent because being a new parent is not a cookie cutter thing. There are some things that will happen, diapers and vomit and all the whatevers, (laughs) but everyone handles that transition differently. And a lot of times smaller churches are better equipped because they have a little bit more flexible systems so they can tell a parent if a parent says well i don't know if i want to leave my kid six weeks and uh, you say okay fine we we don't i mean our nursery you know is not that large and you know so maybe it's more comfortable because it's not that large or maybe you know you give them the flexibility to stay in the sanctuary one thing i try to tell new parents is we have rocking chairs in the back of the sanctuary Those are there for you if your baby needs to rock. But by all means, bring your child in the sanctuary. And you say, what if my baby makes noise? Great. Mm -hmm. You know, for churches to hear that, who cares if you're interrupted a little bit? You know, I contend that the loudest sound in a church is the sound of where children used to be. Yeah. Yeah let a baby cry. Moms and dads will take them out quickly. Trust me. They're horrified. That baby cries in their minds (laughs) three times louder than reality. I've told, I've, I've also told parents who get, Oh God, Oh God. They're like, I'm so sorry. Afterwards. I'm like, I didn't hardly notice. Maybe I've either tuned kids out or they weren't as loud as you think, but yeah, give a family space, flexibility, invite them to be a part of worship. Don't pressure them. But but invite them to be as as a part of worship as they possibly can, knowing there are obvious limitations.
1: Yeah. And how did that feel for you? Not that I want to toot my own horn, but I was a very involved layperson in the church. And I mean, luckily, you know, I expected to jump back in and volunteer wholeheartedly as soon as my son was born. And that has not been the case. Um both as in, I don't think I have the capacity to take that on. And two, you know, I handed everything off and you haven't asked much of me, if anything, since I've had a kid. So, you know, how do you do with that when you're, you know, this wasn't necessarily me, but if you're relying on a volunteer or a layperson so much and their season of life changes, what's like the pastor supposed to do?
0: Well, after after I stopped crying about it, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I mean, that's a great question, Molly. It and it's something that I think I'm I'm learning more and more. And I'm and part of it is because I'm bad about this myself. As a pastor, I mean, what does it say if I ask you to sacrifice family and well-being and all of these things for the church? I mean, part of salvation is experiencing the robust life in Christ throughout your life, not just when you come to worship on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Yes, we want you to serve. Yes, we want you to give. Yes, we want you to do all the things. But ultimately, this discipleship is lived when you go home and, and you've got to live it every day. So our job is really to come alongside you and point you to how God is at work in your life outside of the workings of the church, the workings of the church better equip you to go back to that life. So if you need a season to take off, I mean, and this is if people are burned out, this is if people are just like, I need a see, I mean, COVID is, some volunteers took a long break during COVID. Some volunteers got overworked during COVID. <laughs> it's a good time to just, Hey, have an assessment and then just be okay. Some things can just stop being done for a season too. You don't have to find a replacement for every single thing. You can just say, you know what, this this ministry that you did probably needs a break too.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great lesson for pastors and faith leaders that breaks are okay for your members. And it may seem scary that, you know, this person that was so dependent on multiple things because there's energy and life and like a lot of new ideas with maybe a young adult who's about to go into that phase of parenthood, you know, that's a lot of new ideas and fresh thinking and possibility, but also, you know, realizing that they can come back to that if they want to, or maybe someone else wants to pick up the reins, or maybe it's just a season for pause.
0: Well, yeah, and and <clears throat> it's also not entirely selfless. Yeah. You know, part of why you get wonderful lay people like you into a church you know, people, when I first got into ministry, people used to say, well, you know, just wait until so and so has a baby, then they'll be back at church. Well, you know what I found? No, they're not. Yeah. Having a baby made life that much more complicated. So, my working theory 10 years ago, when I was an associate in charge of getting young adults in the church, was if we can become your church when you're single or when you're newly married, then we can become an important part of your life so that when you have a baby, it's just a seamless transition into yeah. now we're the family's church. Yeah. But if you're waiting, 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 waiting until they settle down, quote unquote, with a baby, there's no such thing as settling down. Yeah. So part of that comes with understanding this may be a great leader when they're single, or this may be a great leader, you know, when they're a young couple, but it's it's a different kind of leader that they're going to emerge into, just like they're emerging into a different kind of adult. Yeah. As a parent. So you got to be okay as a pastor to say, okay, well, we'll just wait and see what the next thing of, of, you know, you're born leader. Mm -hmm. What's the next thing of leadership going to look like? And we'll, we'll, we'll love and care for you in the meantime.
1: Yeah, that's special. And it has given me space (laughs) to feel very confident in my faith and has given me room to
0: grow in a whole new way. So. Yeah. And, and part of that is, as much as we don't want to admit it, pastors get in that mentality of church members are as good as what you can do for us. Mm -hmm. We forget that we're here to serve you so that you can serve God. And the best thing I can do for you sometimes is to give you space to be a whole person. And, And the greatest hope I should have is not that you serve and work for the church, but that you you know, serve Christ in your everyday life.
1: Yeah, that's true. Sometimes the church
0: can just become a big old burden on people.
1: It's possible, especially if the pastor is not hyper aware of how everyone's feeling. You know, you don't want to become a burden on your members.
0: I'm relatively aware of that. And I still know of cases where I have accidentally someone's like, it's just not fun coming to church anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we need, we need to step back. I'm sorry. You know, I get it, all the stuff. So yeah, I will say, I
1: will say absent, at least in my case, absence has made the heart grow fonder. I look forward to the day and I try and work out, okay, how's this going to work? Maybe I need to go back to, you know, just me going to church because I know that, you know, a kid can stay with my husband and then it won't disrupt scheduling and absence does make the heart grow fonder. I do long for church and long for those relationships and seeing people and being a part of the life again. Uh, it's been a year now since I've had my son and this past year, there's been times where I've been slightly more present versus not, depending on how naps and scheduling and travel and
0: stuff work, but, um, I, I do long to come back. So from the parents' perspective, that's a, that's a good word from the parents' perspective. What in this sort of topsy turvy first year, what, what meaning have you had? Have you felt from the church? What, what meaning does the church have in your life? I mean, speak a little bit more, maybe even, even it's those things that you're looking forward to being more engaged with, but, but, but how, so we can hear where, where does the meaning come for a a parent in their first year of being a new parent?
1: That's great. I think part of it is because I'm not from Savannah, so I'm not local. I'm brand new here. I don't have family here. I've built my friend group in the past few years. It means so much that members of the church know who I am and know that I'm having a child and ask about them and ask about me. And, you know, they really want to foster that relationship growing up. You know, when we do walk in the doors, people's faces light up because they're so excited to see. That is something so neat that you almost take for granted if you're born and raised in a place and that's your church family, that it is an extension of your own family and so i'm very blessed that has felt so good the past year that there are other people that really care about us
0: yeah so no so that's a good word for for you know churches that rather than pushing for you know first year first time parents into how much you can squeeze out of them how much you know you can get from them maybe you think about what you can give them instead -hmm. One of the things you can give them is meaningful relationships where people feel invested in, you know, them, their child's growth. You know, you know, if if the baby stays home one day, you know, please let us see a picture. You know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, It reminds people that you don't forget them, even if they're, you know, not as regular in that moment, Um, but that. Also, they matter more than just what they give to the church. Yeah, it's a sense of belonging. Yeah, that's a good word, a sense of belonging. Yeah. What advice, if I were a pastor of a church and I had a couple of brand new parents, and maybe my church has missed the mark, you know, because one of the things that will happen is, I hear more and more, especially post-COVID, is families just begin to kind of— move away from church Mm -hmm. what advice would you give you know that pastor or children's volunteer or whatever
1: part of it is i think keep giving opportunities for them to come back um whether that be small groups or meals or You know, remote worship has been a complete blessing this past year because I can still tune in every week. I think kind of reaching out and just letting them know that the church is there when they're ready and continue to offer, even if it is not, if it doesn't work to fruition, keep offering opportunities for them to be a part of the life of the church, whether that be small groups, Sunday worship, other activities. I think just the the seeing that they're still there even if they're not physically there would mean that they'd be wanting to come back and make that additional effort as time permits
0: yeah meeting meeting people where they are rather than trying to push them where you think they ought to be yep Yeah.
1: yeah and it will be different i think for each family that you know Depending on even the weekend and sports or summer travel, I think just giving them the opportunities, like I've been trying to make it back to uh, Wednesday night supper because that timeframe does work for us and, you know, give opportunities and just know that when they can be there, they will.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So for those who are leading churches, those who are part of teams that lead churches, You know, I think our hope is probably that you come away from this episode with a little bit better understanding of not how you can reach new families so much, you know, to reel them in, but so much as how you can come alongside them, care about them, love on them, be patient with them, Mm -hmm. uh, listen to them is key. You know, what needs do they have? And you might even be surprised that, you know, the needs could be not your typical sort of we're coming to consume church needs, but you could really minister to families in a powerful way. Love that.
1: Well, it's been a very interesting year, year of growth. I didn't anticipate any of how this year has gone. So especially how that looks in church life. I know my faith is probably stronger than ever, just because I'm shepherding a new life mm-hmm. into the world and it gives you a whole new perspective. So to know that church is there and church cares about me, regardless of how physically present I am,
0: just means the world. That's good. That's good stuff. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. It was uh, It's always fun to talk with you, Molly. Yes. Uh, we will be back very soon with a new episode. We can't wait.
1: Yeah, we have a ton of interviews lined up. Ben's been doing phenomenal outreach for new interviews and returning guests. So we look forward to sharing those with you as well. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.